Hey there, brick and mortar business owner. Welcome back to another amazing podcast of brick and mortar visibility. I am super excited about today's episode. Today we have Colin Carr on the show and he is going to shed some light and guide us all on what we need to do when we are going through the negotiation process for leasing, renting, buying, negotiating, a renewal, all the things. And we're going to dive in deep and intrigue you with so much knowledge so that you just want to pick up the phone and call Colin because you are going to realize you need his help. In this episode, Colin shares negotiation pitfalls. He talks about where you are losing money, the most common place and time you're losing money in your lease. He talks about the time frame of how you need to think about this and how far in advance you need to think about this. Colin and his team are licensed in all 50 states, so this applies to anybody listening in the U.S., and you are going to get so much value out of today's episode. To learn more about Colin, please check out his bio. It's in the show notes and everything's linked up to connect with them. Brick and mortar business owners, our rent, our mortgage is the biggest overhead we have next to payroll. So let's save some money. All right. I'm super excited for y'all to hear this. Let's get real. You've put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating a storefront that lights you up, serves your clients well, and contributes significantly to the community you love. You are my hero, and I affectionately call you a rebel woman. Hey there, my name is Melissa Rose, a brick and mortar business owner with a handful of kiddos and a few passion projects that I head up like this one. I'm also your visibility coach and consultant for a service-based business like yours. I'm passionate about helping small business owners thrive in their community and become the only option in town for their industry. In this podcast, we're going to share the nitty gritty of running a successful brick and mortar business by sharing stories, talking strategies, and learning practical tips to run a kick-ass business. Ready to be inspired, empowered, and equipped to create the small business of your dreams? Let's get real. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We have a great expert on talking all things real estate and how to get you more money in your pocket, saving money on real estate, leasing and purchasing. And this is Colin Carr. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for making the time to be here. So tell everybody, first of all, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because we're going to talk some really serious stuff here and I'm excited about it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've got a couple of things that I still want to be, but uh, okay. I'm, enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying this phase. I'm a, I'm a commercial real estate uh, broker and that's what I've done for the last 22 years. And so I'm, I'm loving, loving the phase of life that I'm in and I think I'm in the right place. So, okay. 22 years. Okay. Okay. You look 22. So yeah. you always wanted to be like in the real estate. No, uh, I, I didn't know much about real estate. So I grew up okay. and my mom was a hairdresser. My dad was a teacher. He taught middle school for 30 some years and I had not been around a lot of business. Like, you know, most of my parents' friends were like were blue collar or they were teachers. And so that's really all I saw. Um, I graduated from high school. I moved to East Lansing, Michigan, because my brother went to college there and I had some friends that lived there. And that's where Michigan State is, Michigan State University. And, um, and so I was there and I met a guy that owned a bunch of apartment complexes and I was fascinated by that. And then I met a guy that was um, in like the advertising industry and I started doing stuff with him. And so I just started working right when I turned 19 and real estate was what caught my attention at the highest level. So moved to Colorado when I was, um, in my early twenties and just kept doing that. And then that's, it just became the, the, the track for me. And that's the path I was on. And, um, that's all I've ever done. So been, been at it since I was about 19 years old. 
Awesome. I love that. Sometimes, sometimes it comes really natural like that, or you, you kind of, you just gravitate towards what you like and you're, you're able to do that and stick with it and find and keep growing. So that's awesome. And now you've created quite the business. So please tell everybody what you do, who you serve and all the good stuff. Yeah. So we, we're a commercial real estate company and, and we've got a, a kind of a double niche. Like we only work on the tenant and buyer side of the transaction, which is very rare. Most, most commercial real estate agents or brokers are going to do, you know, 90% of their work is going to be landlord seller. And then they might do a couple of tenant or buyer deals here and there. So we're, we're only in the tenant buyer side of the deal. And then our niche is like health and wellness. So you know, mainstream, like dental, medical, veterinary stuff. We do a lot of other like ancillary healthcare, fitness, you know, well-being, med spas. And then, you know, we always get asked to do other businesses too that see what we are and how we help people. And so we do other commercial uses as well too, you know, attorneys, CPAs, anything that's really, anything that's business related that would be going into a similar space as, you know, an office or retail for health and wellness, we do. And I launched the company in 2009, and we are now uh, coast to coast. We're licensed in every state across the country, uh, all 50 plus DC. And, you know, we we do thousands of deals per year. Um, so anything for your business, whether it's a startup, a relocation, if you want to purchase either land and build your own building, if you want to purchase an existing building or condo, um, additional offices. We do a lot of lease renewal negotiations. So people that are in a space, they like it, but the lease is coming up for renewal and you have to renegotiate it. Um, that's one of our top transactions. So really anything that has to do with office space or retail space for your business, we're involved with. I love this. Okay. So this is why I had them on y'all because many of us are renting. We want to own the goal is to buy the property. Um, and we don't have many people, or I didn't know that this even existed. Like just to have somebody helping you out and seeing and doing more for you. And you you told me a story and forgive me if I'm putting you on the spot, but you used to work for the other side. And yeah. you can you tell a little bit about what you saw there? Yeah. So when I first got into commercial real estate, I was, I was a generalist. So I did everything. I did industrial office, retail land, anything that moved, I was chasing it. Um, and I did a lot of landlord work. And then my entrance into like the healthcare space was I was working for a couple of very large uh, medical landlords. In fact, today it's now the land, the largest uh, medical REIT in the country. So a REIT, it stands for real estate investment trust. And for those of you that don't know, you invest money with those companies and they buy real estate. It's just like you invest money, you give money to Amazon, buy Amazon stock, they build facilities and processes and software. And you know, a re you basically invest money with them and they buy real estate. So I was working for a couple of the largest, you know, REITs in the country, now the largest REIT. And I had a number of transactions where I was on the landlord's side and the tenants uh, in a number of transactions had had no representation didn't understand how the game was played, um, had no posture, no strategy. And I just watched the landlords completely crush them in the negotiation. And people say, well, what do you mean by get crushed? Like, I mean, like the, the tenants were paying, you know, tens of thousand dollars extra in rent that they should not have been. And they did not get the free rent allowances. They didn't get the renovation allowances. They had too high of annual increases. They didn't get their base year or expense stop reset um, on the lease renewals. So all these areas where they were missing out on it and they didn't know any better. Like they didn't realize that they were above market by like $3 a foot or $8 a foot, like literally. And the landlords would say, no, you have a competitive lease rate or we're not going lower than this. And they would just assume that that's the market. And they had to pay that, pay the rate if they want to stay. And meanwhile, the, these tenants just got crushed. And so, 
had a number of deals where I was on the landlord side. And I did a great job for my clients. Like right. I helped these, these, these people capture like literally a couple hundred thousand dollars of additional money in these deals. And so I did my job, but I just remember not really enjoying it and feeling like the other side was totally exposed. But I had a legal fiduciary to protect my client, the landlord. And so they had me as the expert and they were an expert going up against these tenants that were great, you know, in their business or their healthcare practice, but they had no clue how to play the commercial real estate game. And so I always joke, it's like stepping into like a boxing ring or like an MMA fight and they have no idea they're about to get, they're about to get choked out. That's what happens. I had a number of those deals where the, the, the tenants just got completely manhandled and crushing these deals. And I just realized you know, it's a fair fight. I mean, they, they voluntarily chose the least space there, but there's so many of these business owners that just don't know how the game's played and they don't know that they can have representation. And if they did it properly, they could literally have saved like a quarter million dollars or more on these deals. And so after a number of those transactions happening where I thought they just were exposed, I decided to start this company today, which is called CAR, C-A-R-R. And we just went with that focus of only working on the tenant buyer side for business and practice owners and helping them to level the playing field. And that's the model. And it's gone really, really well. Okay. So you hinted at some of the things that we are missing out on. So can you lean into that a little bit? Like things, um, the negotiation, like some of the common negotiation pitfalls that you see happen. Yeah, so I'll start with this one. The, the very first pitfall that that business owners or healthcare providers make or health and wellness owners make is that they, they go at the real estate transaction by themselves. And that's a really bad game plan. Um, you're not going to find any Fortune 500 company doing that. You're not going to find any of the largest, most savviest retailers doing that. So like you you would say, who do you think is a pretty good retailer that knows what they're doing? You'd say Starbucks or Chipotle or something like that. They have a professional team of real estate experts in-house and they still hire an outside broker on every deal they do. Like that's how much is on the line for them and how much they're paying attention. Chipotle has a team of attorneys in-house and then they use outside attorneys and they also right. use um, outside brokers as well. Like they're not, they're not playing games. Like they're going at every deal saying there's a lot on the line and we can't afford to get a bad deal. And so when a, when a business owner shows up and starts negotiating with a landlord, you know, themselves, the landlord's going to assume that person does not know what they're doing. They're not qualified. I don't care if they've done two deals or three deals in their life. That's not the same as someone who does and works on 60 deals a year has been doing this for a long time. So going at a deal by yourself speaks to um, just a, a lack of savviness, a lack of maturity as far as what's on the line. And it's going to hurt you in the negotiation. I don't care how savvy you think you are. It's going to hurt you. Um, it's the same thing. Like if you're doing your own taxes, like you're probably not very savvy as a business owner. Like tax laws change every year. There's specific tax strategies that you're typically not aware of or, or ready to, you know, to, to act upon as just an individual person. Like that's why you have a tax professional. If you are being your own attorney, if you're getting like an 80 page lease document or if someone if someone threatens you with a lawsuit and you decide to handle it yourself, you're probably not very savvy. Like you just you know, people that are savvy have tax professionals, they have they have attorneys, they use expert real estate agents to help them. And they're all these people are, are coming together to help make your business more successful. So that's a big mistake. Um, another mistake people make is they will pick one property that they think would fit their business. And then they just start negotiating with one property. Well, here's the here's the question for you: How do you measure the terms that you're that you're seeing at that property against the market if you're not negotiating with three or four other landlords simultaneously? Mm -hmm. This is the difference between commercial and residential real estate because in residential real estate, 
people are accustomed to seeing a house either online, they're searching like Zillow or Redfin or Trulia, or they, they work with an agent. And then once they find the house, they submit an offer. And then if the seller says, yes, you're under contract and you're, you're moving towards that process of closing, but you're in a binding contract. In commercial real estate, it's a non-binding negotiation. It's a letter of intent or an RFP that's supposed to be non-binding. And so commercial real estate, you should be negotiating with three or four landlords simultaneously for a number of reasons. Number one, landlords get more competitive when they know that you have other options. Like, think about this one. If a landlord thinks that this this is the only property that you want mm-hmm. and that you're not talking to anybody else and you want to get in there and occupy, what is their motivation for like lowering their lease rate or giving you a, a large build-out allowance if they know that you're going to find a way to make this deal no matter what? Like, mm-hmm. that's like, I always joke, but it's like going to like a used car dealership and saying, I have to leave with that car and you got a checkbook and you're like, all right, what's the best price you can give me? Right. Like, there's just, there's no posture, there's no strategy. So that's a big one. And then I, mean, I can keep on going, but I think those <laughs> two encompass yeah. things. Like people taking the do-it-yourself approach and then just picking one property and going after it. Um, so it, true. Just, yeah, it just smacks of not having a real strategy. It's kind of like, again, you talk about health and wellness you got to have a game plan and you got to have a process and you have to execute it. You can't just, yeah, I'll eat whatever I want. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll work out. Maybe I won't. We'll see what happens. Like that's not how it works. Like if you get injured, like you have a recovery game plan, or if you have, if you need to do a surgery, like they know exactly what they're going to do once they open you up. Like there's a specific game plan and a lot of people go out to these real estate deals and they're just, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm just going to make a couple of phone calls. We'll fill it out. We'll see what happens. And here's the deal. You can get a deal done and you can you can become a tenant of that property, but you probably lost a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in the process. Okay, your your lease is up for renewal. And I would think most people think, okay, I've already worked with this person. It's not, you know, there's not much negotiation that needs to happen. And that's probably where people don't take it more seriously. I would yeah, think that and- would be a sweet spot to negotiate hardcore because you've already been in there. They don't want to lose you, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So let's, that's a really good question. No, it's a really good question. And so let me start with the statement. Okay. Lease, lease renewals, a lease renewal negotiation is the number one transaction that, that, that healthcare providers or any tenant for that matter loses the most amount of money on. Yeah. It's the number one trend. So like, where do people lose the most amount of money or where do we flip it around? Where do landlords make the most amount of money? Like what's the what's the most ideal transaction for a landlord? It's a lease renewal. Because most so and you said it, the yeah. landlord doesn't want to lose the tenant, but the tenant is more afraid of moving typically, or they're not paying attention, or they don't have the time to deal with it, or they think that it's gonna impact their business negatively to where their, you know, their patrons or patients or customers won't follow them. And so the landlord goes into that deal banking on a few concepts. The, the tenant doesn't know the market, doesn't have time to move, doesn't hi, have time to hire an expert agent to represent them, You know, doesn't have the money, it's not worth their time, whatever. And if that's the case, you're back into the used car, car dealership analogy. Totally. The person has to have a car today. They have to walk out here. That's the only car they want. You know, And they've got the checkbook and they're paying cash. You know, What can you do for me? the answer is nothing or I'll charge you a 20% premium. So that transaction is where more people, and, and, and when I was doing the landlord work, the deals where 
like I woke up to the fact the other side is clueless, they were all renewals. Like the doctors that I was working about, that I was working against, they just had no understanding. And they, they literally just put all their card, like we're playing a game of poker and they put all their cards on the table. And I can see that they have like a pair of twos. And I'm thinking, this is not, you're not supposed to be telling me these things. So, <laughs> like it's, it's like, you're not supposed to tell me those things. Like, like I'd have them say, man, I don't want to move. I don't have the money to move. Like, this is a great location. Like, there's nowhere else I want to be, you know. I know. And that's exactly where I'm at. So this is this uh, this is why it resonates so deeply with me. So how, how soon should people lo- be looking for you? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking at doing a startup or a new office, it's as soon as you know you're ready to move or, or do something, not move, but like move forward in the process. If you want to open a new location or do an additional location, as soon as you know that you're ready to do something, you engage. If you're looking at a lease renewal, you want to engage someone at least 12 months in advance. And you might say, well, that seems like really far in advance, but here's the deal. If your new space requires any level of build out to where you have to go through a permitting process or yes. work with an architect, get construction documents done, et cetera, um, and then go through a meaningful construction process, that can take literally four to eight months. And that sounds crazy to people, but that's how that's how backed up a lot of these building departments are. Now, if you said I want to paint and do carpet, no, you don't need a permit for that. You can just renovate like you'd renovate like your living room or your kitchen or something like that. But if you want to actually construct walls and and you know change meaningful improvements inside, you know, put in a restroom or put in a kitchen or whatever, or or you know, re- refinish the inside, that requires permitting. And so you gotta get an architect involved. You got to get construction construction documents done, which are the big two foot by three foot blueprints, um, and then that's got to get submitted to a building department. And then a lot of times they won't even review that document for three to five or six weeks or whatever the queue is. Like they can really just sit on someone's desk for a month and a half before they look at it. Then they say, "Yeah, we're close, but you've got a couple of things that that need to get updated because the building code changed." And so it could take you three or four months before they can even hand you a permit to say, "Now you can swing a hammer. Now you can erect, you know, the studs and then put up the drywalls." So you want to give yourself a couple months of time to go to the market, look at options, negotiate with multiple people, and then have enough time to move. And what a lot of people do, going back to mistakes is they'll wait till their lease has like 60 days left on it. And then they start talking to their current landlord. The landlord at that time knows you, you're, you've you been asleep at the wheel. Like even if you want to move, if, if you don't have a turnkey location or wasn't require very minimal build out, you know, it could take you six to nine months. And so you're going to be out of the lease in 60 days yeah. and they've got the upper hand at that point. They can, they can force you out of the space or put you into what's called a holdover provision where you have to pay, you know, 150 or 200% of your, of your rent. Starting the process too late basically is a posture killer. And it just, it just shows you again, you're, you're shopping for the best Christmas gift like at five o'clock on Christmas Eve. Like it's, it's probably gone by then. Like you probably ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Okay. So that's good to know like a, a year ahead of, at a time. How do people work with you? How do you get paid? Like what is that process like for people? Yeah. So that's one of the best parts of, of real estate as a whole, whether it's residential or commercial, the industry standard is that the seller or the landlord pays the commissions. They have a commission set aside for their agent, the listing agent, and they have a commission set aside for the buyers or the tenants agent. So anyone of you that's ever bought a house, 
if you hired an agent to help you or a broker, so synonymous terminology, um, you didn't pay your broker. The, the listing agent had a commission agreement and they had money set aside for you and money set aside for them. And so that's how it works. If you ever sold a house, you had a commission agreement, money set aside for your agent, money set aside for the buyer's agent. It's the same thing in commercial real estate. So it's paid as a portion of the transaction, whether it's a lease or a purchase. And if you are a tenant or a buyer, if you're a business owner going to market and you say, I'm not going to hire an agent, all that happens in that scenario is the listing agent either gets a double commission, which is the most common, or the landlord just pockets that money, just doesn't pay it out. Okay. A lot of times people will say, well, I'm going to save money and not use an agent. It's like, no, you're not the one paying the commission. So like, if you own the building, you could say, I'm going to do like a for lease or for sale by owner and just not pay someone. But if you're a buyer or a tenant as a business owner and, and you don't hire an agent, like you're not saving money. The listing broker is getting a double commission or the landlord just keeps the money. And that's another like, common mistake. If people say, well, I'm going to save money and do it myself. Like, this is not the question of you like getting a U-Haul and moving yourself. Like every every U-Haul on the side that says move yourself and save. Like that's their slogan. <laughs> like versus you hiring a moving company and paying eight thousand dollars. Like sure, but you're not the one paying the bill. And so in this scenario, you know, people will go into these transactions and they'll they'll not use someone thinking they're going to get a better deal. And another analogy that I'll give you because I think it really rings home is anybody who's ever had like a dental insurance plan. Right at the end of the year, the dentist calls the office calls and says, "Hey, listen, you've got five hundred dollars worth of unused benefits. Like, let's get you in to either clean or, or whiten or or fill a cavity or whatever. And if you don't go in to see the dentist, the insurance company doesn't send you a check. You just lose that value or that benefit. It's the same thing for real estate. If you don't use someone, you don't. The insurance company's not going to give you the money. The landlord's not going to cut you a commission check." You just lose it. The problem and why this gets more confusing, though, is that landlords and listing agents are notorious for telling people, if you don't use someone, we'll give you a better deal. And it's a complete scam, okay? It is a complete, like, fool's game plan. I always joke. It's like people say, you know, hey, it's, it's 25 cents each, but if you want to buy in bulk, I'll give it to you for three for a dollar. And so people are like, oh, they, they said they're going to give me a discount. And so they just they, they move forward with the word discount or savings. Meanwhile, the landlord's overcharging you by, by 20 or 25 percent or not giving you the right concessions. And then that that business owner goes home and tells like their spouse, ah, I crushed it today in the negotiation. And it's like, no, you didn't, dude. <laughs> you just lost like 50 grand or 100 grand or 200 grand. And so. Your, your discount was a $200,000 premium. Colin has given us a lot of stuff to think on, okay? Business owner, like you have said, your, um, your overhead, your rent, your lease is your number one, usually your number one expense in your business next to your payroll. And that's a huge chunk of change that you could potentially save. And if you don't have somebody helping you out, working in your back pocket, helping you save. I mean, those are what you said, like just the renewal, like we're going out for that. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I, if you wait, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> like, okay, where am I going to go? Yeah. And it's just, we, we have so many things we're thinking about to have somebody helping you out there. So Colin, this was really, really helpful. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah. I mean, I think just the overall theme of, of what we try to educate you know, business owners and healthcare providers on 
is just the importance of expertise. Like why would somebody go to your business because you're an expert in that area and you provide a quality product or service that's better than them doing it themselves? Like that's the idea. Um, I, I take my clothes to a dry cleaner because I don't have the ability to dry clean my clothes the same way they do. I'm like a lower level, but I also hire an attorney to review any contract because I don't understand the legal terminologies and I don't want to make a mistake and then expose my business or myself to some liability that I could have prevented if I had a good attorney protect me. It's the same thing with real estate. So why does someone go to the dentist? Because they can clean your teeth better than you can and they can watch to make sure that you don't lose a tooth because you let a cavity go too long. It's the same thing for real estate. Like, sure, you can do it yourself. Like, you can get a transaction done. You can get a landlord to give you a lease and sign it and become a tenant. That's not the hard part. The hard part is getting the best terms possible and not losing a lot of money. So hire an expert in any area where there's a lot of money or there's liability on the line. Same reason. No one wants to pay an insurance premium, you know, but if you come home from vacation, your basement flooded, like, do you want to have to pay $100,000 to read your basement or do you want the insurance company to send you the check? Part of it is proactive and part of it's responsive. Like, there's a part about getting the best terms possible and not getting taken advantage of and, and capitalizing. There's also a part of it that's just protecting you. Like, there's things that someone who's in the know can just say, like, we, we will not agree to this or we won't do this or you're exposed here. And so you can, you can go on the offensive and the defensive when you have someone help you with real estate. And again, people are not thinking there's a lot on the line or they think, oh, it's probably going to be pretty close. It's actually not. The difference is tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I, I would leave you with that. Just realize we're not making more of it than it is, but we're also not making less than it is. If you get a good deal on a couple thousand foot space, you can save a hundred, 200 grand over a five, 10 year period of time like that. And if you get a bad deal, you can lose a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars just as easily. And you know, who wants to lose a hundred thousand dollars just because they didn't have the time to hire someone to help them in the process if no one. Your business, you said you had your license in all 50 states and DC. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. So um, don't be limited by um, reach out to Colin to help have him help you with your negotiations for your uh, space. This is really helpful and very eye-opening. So thank you, Colin. I appreciate your time. Tell everybody where to find you. Where's the best place? Yeah, the best way to get a hold of us is our website and that is car.us. So C-A-R-R.us. And then in the upper right-hand corner, whether it's desktop or mobile, you can click it to find an agent and then just start a conversation with someone on our team who's you know in your state or in your area. And again, it's, it's a free conversation. Um, you'll know quickly whether you trust the person you're talking to, whether you like the person. And if you do, then great. If not, call the next person. But uh, don't, don't limit yourself because you don't know who to call or don't know how to get a hold of someone. There's people out there that can help you. So if, if it's us, that's fantastic. But if it's not us, hire someone to help you in the process. There's just too much on the line. So true. Thank you. This is really helpful. Everybody, I hope you uh, learned something. Uh, I, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you learned something and um, had you thinking. And for those of you that are ready to take the next step, uh, check out Colin Carr and everybody else. We will see you here. Same time, same place next week. Peace. Bye-bye.